Your Majesty, we'll pay whatever price you set for your goods. They are not for sale. Until the spiritual advancement of the West catches up to the technological prowess, it would be irresponsible to share our scientific discoveries with you. Are you calling everyone here irresponsible children? No. More like sullen teenagers who feel more mature than their behavior warrants. The fact that every conversation here is framed in terms of profit and power says it all. You could have made half these breakthroughs yourself. But there's too much money to be made in misery. Why cure a disease when people pay for medicine? Why provide cheap energy Yeah, we when... get the point, Tachaka. <laughs> I've never met a socialist with a crown on his head before, but... I guess there is a first time for everything. Who gave you permission to use my first name? I-I am sorry. I did not mean to offend. I understand your frustration in dealing with a black man who can't be bought with a truck full of guns, a plane full of blondes, and a Swiss bank account. But please, hold on to what little class you have. You're traveling to another radio show. A broadcast not only of sight and sound, but of mind, mind. A journey into the wondrous land whose boundaries are that of the imagination. imagination. That's the on-air sign up ahead. Your next stop, Afro Nerd Radio. With your guides, Dee Bird, Captain Kirk, and on Grindhouse Saturdays, the uncanny Daryl D. And introducing West Coast correspondent, Miss Claire Linnae. Mind expansion engaged. a.k.a. the Afro-Nerd, and I do this show with my partner in white-collar crime, or I should say my partners in white-collar crime, Captain Kirk, and of course the uncanny Daryl B., who may or may not be appearing because of his wonky schedule. So we appreciate it when he does pop his head in. The call in number, 646-915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620. For first-time listeners, Afternoon Radio is, is an exemplary podcast where we talk about so many things. I mean, look, it's called Afro Nerd, so there's going to, going to be a pop culture uh, nerdy element to it. We do talk about comic books and graphic novels and all sorts of things, science and politics, intellectualism, socioeconomics. I mean, 
anything that would be of an interest to an Afro nerd, someone who is uh, intellectually curious, if not astute, is probably going to be into, irrespective of race, they're going to be into what we're into. So without further ado, another component with that list of things as far as what an Afro nerd represents, alternative music, black indie. There's, there is such a thing as black indie music, Afropunk, punk black, acid jazz, progressive hip-hop, you name it, we got it. We're into all kinds of music that unfortunately you may not be familiar with, especially with commercial corporate radio. So we will try our best to expose you to this kind of music. So, first up, here's a jammy jam that I'm kind of digging. It's called Lighten Up, which I think we should all be doing in spite of what's going on in our country and globally. Lighten Up by the parcels, the parcels, like a package, the parcels. We'll be right back. Let's groove. Time to lighten up. Oh, 
letting that groove ride on out once again. The parcels lighten up, lighten up. Okay, people, let's get it in. You know who this gentleman is. He is the captain of this esteemed ship. Captain, you're needed right in the middle of chaos, right at, I think, let's, let's put you right in the middle of Capitol Hill. <laughs> well, all the shenanigans. Let's get to it, sir. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. time. I shouldn't have left you. I don't think I've done a diatribe the whole summer. You it's know? about that time. So you had it, uh, Cap, yeah, Cap you... real quick, real quick. I, I want to hear your infamous diatribe, but I have a new toy. <laughs> I have a new toy, sir. And Go last ahead. podcast, we were constantly, we were getting it in about uh, Tiffany Haddish and my disdain for those who thought that she should be Nubia, or rather, even she thinks she wants to be Nubia. So we were going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I'm not into expletives. I'm really not. But on an occasion, I can lighten up a little bit because it is what it is. Here's my new toy. I ain't going back and forth with you, niggas. Okay. Next time. <laughs> Yo. You, you you're not supposed you're not supposed to be saying that word on this show. Come on. Listen. Listen. It's, it's appropriate, but you're not supposed to be saying it. Listen. I'm not saying it. This is little Duval saying Still. it. So yeah, next time but... if he gets a, if I if I'm I'm gonna have to, sparingly, sparingly, I'm gonna have to okay. drop the napalm. Ain't going back to fuck with you niggas. I'm just saying. Once you start going down that route, you know, it's not like you can kill one person and everything's okay. You might as well, if you kill one, you might as well kill a hundred. You well, become that. <laughs> we will see. I'm just forewarning. Next time we get into a situation, I'm going to have to bring out the day I'm going back to fuck with you, niggas. Okay. Here we go. You may, you may proceed, sir. My apologies right. for interrupting you. New toy, new toy. It's funny, though. It was funny, though. It was funny, though. All right. <laughs> now, I haven't done a diatribe in quite some time now. Gave you people a break. Now, let's clear the air here. Captain is not a doctor. He's not a scientist. He's not even a teacher. None of the above. But he just is, though. All right? Now that we understand that. Now, today, I'm going to talk about the law of reverse effect. But before I talk about it, let's talk about root cause with things. I have to set it up. Because most of you in anything in our society, also your doctors, operate from a perspective that this is something new and you deal from a symptom basis. Put it more succinctly, you act like 
a seventh generation slave, hence the wage slave zombie. You don't know the root cause where anything really truly comes from. Now, you're not supposed to know these things because look how your doctor operates. You go to a doctor, let's say you're 35 and you have diabetes. You go to the doctor. The doctor does not tell you why you have diabetes. He gives you a pill to treat the symptom. And you go, okay, okay, symptom, symptoms have alleviated. And then you go back to the doctor back and forth. You know, after five years, your diabetes has gotten worse because he never treated the root cause. So he gives you more and more medication. That's the plight of humans. When it comes to crime, they know what makes crime happen here in the United States and other parts of the world. But people who study crime, criminologists, and people who study the infrastructure when it comes to jails and those things, they say, okay, we're going to lock up everybody. And that makes the crime go away in that initial era for a while. But they also tell you crime normally moves when you do that. So prison population gets bigger. They lock up more and more people, but they do not address the root cause. So it's a constant cycle, more and more people going into prison. Now, some of the words you have been using, let's get to the root cause, all right? Everyone uses this, mind's eye. That's some shamanism. Oh, you didn't know that. The scientists have caught up with it in the modern-day era, but it's from shamanism. Third eye, from shamanism. Oh, you didn't know that. You have to know that one. Third eye, come on, you don't have three eyes. Self-importance comes from shamanism, root cause. Everyone's saying that now. Captain got everyone on that. Ego, false ego, true ego. That's shamanism. That's shamanism. That's the root cause. They knew about that back in Egypt and even before Egypt with all the hieroglyphics. All the psychologists, psychiatrists, psychologists, and everything else in between will talk about ego, egotistical, tell you all about it. Limbic system, reptilian brain. Shamanism. That's where it comes from. The scientists have proven it. Scientists will tell you, according to scientists, all your decisions are done emotionally, limbic system brain. Every decision that you make, even a decision for us to do this show, is done there. But then you turn around and make a conscious story with the conscious mind for the subconscious, unconscious, collective unconscious decision that you already made. Scientists will tell you that. Goyim, wage slave. Goyim. What does Goyim mean? You're a Goy. Goy is cattle. All right? That's what it is. How come they didn't call the humans wolves? You know why? Because wolves are intelligent animals. Cattle is not intelligent. Gives off a lot of meat. It feeds us humans. They're calling you Goy. Pay attention. You're cattle. You're not that intelligent. Remember, the captain has said, if he had a switch and he could 
just turn it off and stop everybody going to work for three weeks, what do you think would happen to this economy here in the United States? The United States would not be called United States anymore. Everywhere in the world would be affected by that. Over 300 million people in the United States not going to work for three weeks. China would bounce back because it's one people in closed society. They can move lockstep. Here you have multiculturalism. You're not bouncing back from that. So you have to manage the Goyim slave. You have to manage them. Hence NSA, CIA, CIA, and other organizations. Hence leaders that come along that try to go against the Goyim perspective. They hunted down. They have to be hunted down and taken out by nefarious means. You see how this begins to work? Now, just for feces and giggles, and that's all this part is, you've all watched Westworld, right? You see that pattern? Now, I didn't tell you that at the given time. The pattern that they take out of the host's head, that is a grail pattern. So whether you want to call it the bankers, the Illuminati, Knights Templar, they put it right in your face. Now, I know what that particular grail pattern does, but this diatribe is not about that. So you got mojo, spookism, shamanism, things that are not supposed to exist all around you that you have been using. All right? You see? So when I say pseudoscience hell world, which is really not that, it's exotic physics, you see things are starting to change because we can quantify and qualify a lot of this stuff because your scientists are now confirming a lot of this stuff. And your psychologists. Now, let's talk about the law of reverse effect. Shamans for thousands of years, when they're doing their stuff, spookism, the mojo that's not supposed to exist, they realize that sometimes when you put in too much energy into something, it can have the opposite effect. Now, what does that mean to you? You're not a spellcaster. You're not into that. Shakala, 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 and all that other stuff, summoning spirits and things of that nature. You get up and you go to work every day. So let's use the law of reverse effect. You're talking to a girl, right? I could go deeper with it, man, but, you know, start talking about, you know, vectors, scalars, and things of that nature, but you won't understand that. So I have to keep it real simple. You're talking to a woman. You're trying to get her number, Right? And you manage get the number. And you keep talking, 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 and then stuff begins to fly out of your mouth. You mess it up. Where she says, Rip up my number. These days it'll be cell phone or whatever. Take my take my number out of your cell phone. You spoke too much. You put too much energy into it. You had it, but then you missed it because you were trying too hard. This has happened to all of us. Now some of this is trial and error, obviously. Some of this is trial and error. This reverse effect stuff. It's trial and error. And it, it's so much, it's so interesting, they made it into a law. Psychologists know all about it. Now, there's a fine line between working too hard and working not hard enough. You have to find that balance in whatever you're doing so it does not reverse on you. Now, I'm going to give you a kicker, all right, in respect to this. Pay attention carefully. 
reverse effect because he wasn't looking for this. He was looking for something else according to his own words. The great lyricist Eminem. Now, you know he went, Eminem went against MGK or MGK went against Eminem. Of course, Eminem lyrically was a million times better. We know that. And from a battle standpoint, I say he won the battle. I can't say he really won the war. MGK's record was a lot better. They're not going at each other on stage, and you know what would happen with that. You know, it would have ended in 30 seconds, all right, because Eminem is that good, you know. But they were going on records. MGK, to me, had a much better record, but Eminem was way better lyrically. Now, the problem with Eminem, law of reverse effect, let me tell you what we like about Eminem. We liked the Stan records. We liked the 8 Mile. We liked all the Batman and Robin stuff. He was doing good records, and he was giving you a lot of lyrics, too. Eminem never really wanted to do that material. This is his own words. It's not according to me. He wanted to do the records that he was doing in the last four albums that the critics called trash. Now, I don't think it was the last four. My personal opinion, it was three. Eminem was not trash. It's just not up to par. Let me tell you why it was not up to par. Eminem knows how to make beats. He's coming, he's coming from, you know, Dr. Dre, and he knows how to put together beats for himself. But from time to time, people who are lyricists, they don't want the track to make them. So they turn down the beat. They go on okay beats to show you I can line my behind off. I'm making the track. The track is not making me. Producers make artists. I don't care who you are. All right? Rapper is not going to make me. No, it doesn't work that way. Producer makes you. Same thing with singing. Producers making you. You may be able to sing your ass off, but you need a record. It's called record business. You understand? So producers make you. So Eminem, the last three albums, I'm going to say four, he's been screaming. He's been rhyming words that would not rhyme and thinking everyone's going to say, oh, this, oh, that, oh, this is incredible. No one else can do that. Eminem wants to be loved. He wants to be known as the white guy that actually is the illest. That's fine. Every rapper thinks they're the illest. But by him trying so hard, instead of just doing Eminem, he got the reverse effect from his critics. Fans, hip-hop DX, you understand? So what is this? They call his product, Charlemagne the God too, <laughs> put that in there, call his product trash. How can Eminem be trash? He's so lyrical. He can never be trash. But the product was not as good. There's a fine line between trying too hard and working hard enough. Eminem just needs to be Eminem, and he's going to knock it out of the park. You don't have to try that hard. You are Eminem. Remember, when the captain first started doing this show, he said, if you're smart, just be smart. If you're scientific, just be scientific. If you're educated, just be educated. Notice when people try to sound too smart, it starts to work in reverse on most people. Notice when people are educated, but they try so hard to show you that they're educated, educated, it works in reverse. See what I'm saying now? You just have to step in and find that area where you are. This is called the law of the reverse effect. Happened to Eminem, happens to a lot of us, but you got to realize it. Also, Eminem, to me, 
doesn't he's a, a lyricist, but he doesn't seem like he's that intelligent. I think Fifty Cent is a lot more intelligent than Eminem. That, that's just by me. You know, Eminem is more talented, but you know, that's that's a whole other story. <laughs> you know, even Fifty Cent had said when he did that up in the club record, anybody could have got off on that. It was made actually for D12. So he understands the producer makes the artist. This is why Mr. Iveen stopped these type of records that he did, according to you, the listener, the last four albums. Eminem would do records like this, and he said, nah, stuff is not coming out. I need a high my name is. I need this type of record. I'll let two or three of these records on the album. But the rest of the stuff got to be like this. We're selling records here, and you're not compromising yourself. Eminem want to show the world I'm not ill. So it catches up with him. The last four albums, according to the critics, not good records. And I agree, they're not good records, but he's not trash. No way. If he gave you an acapella for, you know, uh, 10 songs, acapella still can't be trash. It's Eminem. Let's be real here. You see what I'm saying now? You see what I'm saying with this? Law of the reverse effect, which actually comes from shamanism, they have adopted it into a law. Food for thought, everybody. Food for thought. Back over to you, Afrener. All right. As always, we appreciate the captain's vast knowledge, wisdom, and insight. This is the Midweek in Review edition of Afrener featuring Captain Kirk. Um, next couple of days, of course, people, I'm going to be at New York Comic Con 2018. And the logistics captain, I don't know what I'm going to do as far as filming and interviewing. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a difficult road. I think we'll be better prepped for the Black Comic Festival. And, uh, well, look, it is, it is what it is. But it, it, it's such a, man, it, it, it's such a, a trek and an ordeal. I think I have a better handle of things, believe it or not, for Afropunk. And Afropunk can, Afropunk can be a little bit hairy also, but I just feel like I know what I'm doing. But when it comes down to the New York Comic Con, it's just – it's such a mass event. So we'll see what will happen. You know, perhaps I'll just take some footage and splice it together. I, I, you know, I, I feel at this point now that we're so committed to the YouTube channel. And again, folks, please check out our YouTube channel. We have a whole operation going now. So – uh, going into my commercial, and, co- and commercials are forthcoming, by the way, uh, our own commercials, but they are what they are. Uh, we, we need the support. Uh, if, you, if you can see fit, we have the Afronerd.com website, which is up and running. It's been, it's been around for quite some time, but, it's, but being, getting the bugs out of it, and, and again, we're, we're, this is, you know, we're, we're doing it on our own, and we have other gigs and other commitments, so uh, it's not easy. But I feel energized. So we have Afrener.com. We have sponsors at, sponsors at Afrener.com. Uh, iTunes and books and Amazon. Uh, and uh, Amazon. Um, it's just a lot going on. So if you can support the links at Afrener.com, we would appreciate that. The YouTube channel, please subscribe. I just put out a fringe, a fringe homage but with an afro nerd spin captain did you, did you get a chance to check out the new logo or just a 
a logo a logo we would use a, a logo slash intro I should say an intro for our YouTube channel. I have another one that's forthcoming. Of course. Well, actually, actually, there's going to be three more coming. Two are for Halloween, and one is for Christmas. But the Christmas one's going to be far along. But in the next couple of days, I will put up a Halloween themed intro or outro, however we decide to to make you know to use them. But the the Halloween outro intro to me is very funny. It's very much in the spirit of Afro Nerd, very much a customizable thing. So that will be up in the next couple of days. You got to space these things out. But uh, again, what are your thoughts about the fringe Afro Nerd homage intro outro? Well, that looked good. I didn't, I didn't care for the music though, you know, with it, but it definitely looked nice. Looked nice. Yeah, you know, the music we can we can fiddle around with. You got to be careful because you know. Uh, I could I could use you know more of a fringe type thing, but you got to be you know <laughs> we got to see mm-hmm. how that works. I understand. We, we we could definitely go full body karate with that, but I think you know we're we're, we're close enough where we're not getting into, into into any trouble. But I thought it was real cool with our our own little spin on it. So again, folks, if you go to the YouTube channel, you can check out if any if anyone remembers the sci-fi Fox TV series Fringe going back a couple of years now and there was a resolution. It was a five year thing. There was a resolution to that series, but I would like to have seen it continue. And actually I would have liked to have seen some kind of X files because X files was, it is and was a Fox uh, property. I would have liked to have seen some kind of crossover thing. So anyway, check that out. Um, also, we would ap- appreciate your, patronage on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Radio. Again, patreon.com forward slash Radio. And we also, it's a lot of work, folks. Not only are we, not only are we doing this, but we, we need you to do some work too. Hashtag Radio. Again, hashtag Radio if you see fit when you are going about your day tweeting and so forth. It helps to promote this whole endeavor, what we're trying to do. Um, IG is coming. I think I actually created it and made a mistake, so I have to go back to the drawing board, something I didn't do that I didn't like, so that's coming, the IG. Regrettably, I'm not a fan of Instagram, but I think that (laughs) will allow... Well, you know, look, I'm slowly getting absorbed into this social media world slowly uh, Instagram I was late to late to the party so, uh, late to the party I just didn't get Instagram but now I'm kind of sort of being pulled into that world so we will also be contributing content via Instagram that's coming especially when you have these these test these test um, videos that we're doing you know a lot some of our outtakes we, we could probably put as a matter of fact, as I, as I think about it, um, if I'm not able to get real good video footage for tomorrow, well, I keep thinking tomorrow. It's not just tomorrow, but the next couple of days at New York Comic Con, at least I can take still pics and put them on the Instagram page. So that, that might be more up my alley. And I, I, I have to connect with uh, Daryl B. also 
to see because I, I think he did say he'll be going to going to one of the days. I think he said Friday, maybe. Anyway, we'll we'll link up and figure it out. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna bounce around. Well, you know what, Cap? <laughs> Let's take a break. Um, right. You uh, you uh, did your diatribe. Let's uh, play some music and then we can get it in. I, I want to discuss. Halle Berry, believe it or not, just, I got a little bit of a bugaboo. You know, for those who are unfam- unfamiliar with this story, and it's an allegation, but hey, allegations are taken seriously, aren't they? They're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So, um, I believe it was, I believe it was either the Root or AtlantaBlackStar.com, one of those two black cultural slash gossip news themed websites. There's a story circulating around involving legendary actress Halle Berry, who uh, got rather testy, if not street-ish, on Instagram with a male. Mind you, we have to know the race of the male. That's the, that's the way these, these black-themed websites get down. They said a white man made claims toward Halle Berry. I, I think what the, what the allegations are is that at some kind of function, some kind of party, maybe some kind of industry function, she grabbed his genitals without his permission or unbeknown, you know, without any kind of setup or um, allowances, permission. And, you know, I guess he didn't care for that or something didn't go down right. And he brought it to her on her, on her Instagram page and she scoffed at it, got somewhat street, got rather indignant. Not that dissimilar from Brett Kavanaugh and all the other <laughs> males, all the other males that when the allegations came for them, they, re- they reacted similarly. But this time, because Halle Berry is who she is and what she looks like and all that sexy cachet that has accrued over the years. Let me repeat that. That has accrued over the years. She has a, a, a hefty bank account in cachet for that whole sexy thing. Um, there was a lot of people that ride, you know, that rode with her in that. They supported her reaction to his allegations. And I said, wait a minute. That's not how that's supposed to go down. That's not how that's supposed to go down. So, we're going to go to this groove. We're going to deconstruct it. And this is from someone who has been a supporter of Halle Berry for quite some time. I think uh, our, our supporter, uh, Sergio Mims, in his vocation, he has interviewed Halle Berry in person several times. I think he somewhat knows her. So, you know, he's on Team Halle. I have a different perspective. Anyway. Let's go to some new music, at least new to me. This is Yellow Days. Yellow Days. This is a UK artist, and he has kind of a kind of a cool spin on the soul thing. It's like a different kind of soul groove. How can I love you, Yellow Days? Give you about two minutes, something new. And again, you're not going to hear this <laughs> on conventional radio. Just the way it goes. Let's groove. We'll be right back. Thank you. 
new music, relatively recent music that I would think would be interesting to hear because, well, we're not hearing this stuff. Something just unique. Damn. We did, all we can hear is just, you know, just Drake. Pusha T has returned. That's all, you know. All right. That's me just kind of going off. All right. I, you know, it is what it is. Listen to it here. We got it here. All right. So before the musical break, I was talking about Halle Berry. You know who she is. Monsters Ball Academy Award winning actress. Known for her um, abilities as well as her looks. I mean, she's a very attractive woman. She's maturing. She's, I believe, probably 52, 53, something like that, which is young. However, when it comes to women in Hollywood, you know, the, the clock is ticking. At around early 30s, believe it or not, things start to wind down somewhat. Early 30s as a male, <laughs> you're like a kid. Let's keep it 100. A, a 31-year-old male is like a newborn. <laughs> but for a woman, you know, mother roles, you know, you're, you're not going to necessarily, you, you, you know, you can stretch out. Some have been able to stretch out the ingenue role, maybe going into the late 30s, but that's just not the way. Hollywood's very vapid, very superficial, Holly weird. So... Anyway, what am I talking about? So I happen to see this article. Matter of fact, if you're listening to us at Blog Talk Radio, or you can even use our own domain name, afronerdradio.com, you'll see there's a hypertext link for the Halle Berry story on our page. And this is, this is from the Atlanta Black Star, so I'm going to read this for a minute. And then I want to unpack, and I want to also go into – I was going back and forth somewhat, which I don't like to do. I'm not going to play that, that, that audio clip, but I don't like to go back and forth, okay? But we, we, we got it in because some folks are trying to give a pass on Halle Berry. And I said, wait a minute. You can't do that in this era right now. I just found it interesting that, that the way this was being treated was very fascinating into the mental gymnastic, the, the mental gymnastics some people are doing based on gender, and I didn't like it. So anyway, the, the article is, is entitled, Halle Berry Rips Apart White Man Who Tried to Accuse Her of Sexual Assault. Tried to accuse her. So now you can't even, you know, look, look how that's even worded. All these other cases, there's no, there's no trying. You, you accuse someone. Anyway, someone accused Halle Berry of sexually assaulting him, and the actress was none too pleased about it. In fact, not only did Berry deny it, she blasted the accuser and got a big response for it. Bumped into Halle at a party, wrote a man named Heath Wilson, under Berry's comment section of an unrelated post. I was a little drunk and knocked the drink out of her hand. I tried to apologize, but she grabbed me by my genitalia and said, this is how you can say sorry. I told her no, but she persisted. Ooh, I know. Damn, Captain. I, uh, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm getting weak. <laughs> I didn't really read the story out that, that, that well. 
Okay, I'm trying to keep, keep my. Yeah, I know, but now that I'm actually reading out loud, I mean, okay. I, I, I'm not strong in this argument like I thought I was going to be. Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me collect my thoughts. This is this is. I'm not. I'm not good for this. All right. Let me, let me you, hold strong to my. Let me, let me hold strong to my to my initial situation. Okay. Go ahead. I was I was lucky enough to get away, but imagine how many of her victims weren't able to escape her clutches. The man added. <laughs> Just, okay. Okay. Wait a minute. All right. What's going on? Okay. Hold on. Okay. Just telling my truth. Hashtag. Who will stand with me? All right. Oh God. Okay. And then she says, see, this is what he, she gets gangsta. Gangsta. I don't know you, bruh. B-R-U-H. <laughs> okay, this is, this, 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 see, you know, this is getting a little, come on. I don't know you, bruh, responded Barry. And you don't get to make comments about me like this. I have never met you, nor have I ever disrespected anyone the way you have suggested. Now get a life and get the F off my page with that bull-ish piece chicken grease. Now she flipped from Hallie to Trikeisha faster than a Barry Allen nanosecond. I'm just making that acknowledgement. After Barry's response, Wilson made his Instagram page private so it's safe to assume he was blasted by her fans as well. Meanwhile, a, a lot of folks seemed surprised by the actress's words and tone. Others, however, said they knew she could get a little hood if necessary. Someone in quotes says, I knew about Hallie when I saw the outtakes from her on the Bernie Mac show. One person wrote, Tasha jumps up like she was going to get out the casket and do something. When Hallie said, well, get your ass out then, I screamed and watched that clip at least five more times. She was so smooth and natural with it. So, yeah, I can see her typing every single word of that response. People always act shocked when a Hallie or Obama or Mariah or Mariah's blackness flies out their ass, another person wrote. They are old school mixed people who identify with blackness. They know what the game is. And I'm sure have had to defend themselves too many times to name. All right. They're playing Plantation Olympics. I, I didn't have to go that far. I, I, just know what, I just know what time it is myself, but please. Okay. All jokes aside, um, so I, I had said that, look, this guy makes a claim, and he goes into some detail about this situation. And because of who she is, I had said, look, this woman is – an older actress, and this man's making a claim, and now all of a sudden we're supposed to just, you know, people just treated it like this is not a big deal, this is impo- this is an impossibility, and hoorah for her because of the way she reacted. She told him, and I said, if you flip that into a fifty-year-old, a 52-year-old male actor, let's say it was Brad Pitt who is around that age, and this was – uh, he did something untoward to a young woman, and she went on his Instagram page. You would not be doing that. You would not be doing that. It would be taken seriously. Now, we could talk about the the preponderance or the number of cases that are male versus female uh, as opposed to the other way around. I get that, but we're just not in that space because you are hearing of women that are starting to – 
do certain things or, or being accused of certain things or making settlements because of bad behavior. So when I, when I said that, I don't, you know, what's this reaction? Like, what's going on here? Why is this not – why is this thing is – why isn't this taken seriously? Then uh, I think it was uh, Kay Braft or someone, one of, the, one of our followers, and shout out to her. She retweeted a, a, one of her – one of Halle Berry's notorious, quote-unquote, sexy pictures, and she said, well, who is going to deny this? Or who wouldn't want this, or something to that effect? And I'm like, wait a minute. I I I got the memo, Captain. I got the memo. I can't react to that. I'm, look, I get. How many times have I said some things that I thought was was said rather in rather dulcet, soft tones, like uh, she's she's not hard in the eyes. Now, and you, oh, wait a minute. Fall back. You can't do that. You can't, you can't say anything about that. So now when the heat, when a Bunsen burner is on your behind, now it's okay to say, oh, look at how that, look how she looks. What's up with that? You're not supposed to react to that stuff. I'm not supposed to objectify women. But when the situation's reversed and there's the potential for some kind of uh, untoward groping, now – Oh, look look how she looks. What man could resist? Well, we're supposed to be resisting. You know, Brie Larson has set the standard. Brie Larson, I don't, did we speak about this? Brie Larson, Captain Marvel, last year, she was, uh, it, you know, in transit using the airport, and a TSA agent, according to her, according to her, mild to a TSA agent, and then at some point, the TSA agent asked for her phone number. He may not have even known who Brie Larson was. He just probably saw who he perceived to be an attractive young woman. And then she goes straight to social media and says, being a woman is constantly meaning that you have to be on the defense. And she explained, you know, I smiled. He asked for the number. Women are always on the – being a woman means you're always on the defense. And some people raked her, through, raked her through the rails, and I'm like, what? So, you know, I'm get, we're getting confused messages. And, and actually, what was, what was a mild interaction between herself and a TSA dude, this is what Henry Cavill spoke about. And he was lambasted by saying, you know, when he said as an actor, and, you know, he, he would want to – Maybe flirt. That would that that might be considered a flirtatious exchange. He said, "If I were to do something like that, I might get a charge. I might catch a case." The social media went in on him. He had to do the customary mea culpa and say, "I'm sorry. I didn't really mean it. I didn't mean to offend." Yada yada yada. And then you find out that Brie Larson ex- did exactly what he would be fearful of. So I, I just think there's a lot of phoniness going around. And then I, I, I also mentioned the, Halle Berry's age, and I, I'm the last person to be an ageist, but I know how it's – not, it's not my opinion. I put out her age, not purposes, but because of the industry that she's in and how Hollywood is notorious for scrutinizing female beauty, female age. 
female ability to work based on appearance. Now, maybe this will be deconstructed in the wake of Time's Up and Me Too. Maybe that, maybe that will happen. But up until this point, you know, uh, we, I, we have seen industry aging actresses and singers do some pretty funky things because, frankly, they're, they're not – they did not get the memo, you're not 22-year-old or 25-year-old or 30-year-old. Halle Berry. Now she's still a very attractive woman, still 100. percent But I'm I'm going by how closed community in Hollywood operates. They operate in a different stratosphere. And and a 52 year old Halle with fresh meat, lack of a, a lack of an elegant, an eloquent or elegant word. But I'm being very purposeful in my usage of the term. Fresh meat is is shipped out to Hollywood every week, brand new, right off the presses, 18, 19, 21, 24, 25. She's competing in that realm. And I even mentioned Norma Desmond. Norma Desmond is the, is the character from Sunset Boulevard. And that was a story of an aging actress. The funny thing is that actress was 50. And the movie came out in 1950. And the funny thing of it is, is that in 1950, with that same kind of play of a aging actress taking in a um, William Holden. William Holden was the the young actor. And 50 for in 1950s day, you were like an elderly person. <laughs> I was. It was. It was. You know. Listen. It's probably one of the greatest movies you know it's it's a it is a hollywood standard film even cecil cecil b b demille and there's a famous line that you know mr demille i'm ready for my close-up uh and she ends up you know spoiler alert it's like i'm I'm giving you like a, a 70 year old spoiler alert spoiler spoiler alert she kills the um the young actor but it's all about her trying to maintain her youth and thinking she's going to make a comeback and all this stuff and 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 you know fifty was like you're dead she was a she was a silent film actress how how times were she was a silent film actress the character was a silent film actress and you know the hot young fresh Marilyn Monroe was walking around at that time uh, no <laughs> got to go so uh, Hollywood is not that hasn't changed that much. Which uh, Me Too is a testament to. Me Too is a testament to Hollywood not really changed that much. So when I said Norma Desmond, that's, that may be what is going on with Halle Berry. And Halle Berry having all these kids, different um, uh, paramours with ch- and, and children and everything. Um, in certain circles, that may not be attractive. She may be – because I've seen this kind of behavior – a woman who is older, the sexy thing, they may not have gotten the memo. They might pull so a, a junk, a junk pulling. <laughs> they might do some. I believe the story personally. I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. Any thoughts, Captain? Well, I'll say this: fairness is the illusion of the weak to protect you from the strong to no avail. When you 
you have power, you do what you want. There is no fairness. Men and women in this situation are not going to get the same fair shake. Just like as a man, if you're walking down the street and a woman smacks you in your face five times, some people might say after you turn around after the fifth hit and knock her teeth out of her head, some people may say she deserved it. A lot of people turn around and say, oh, you're a man. You should have just taken that, take that, or you could have handled it differently. No one says, for most part, how come she hit him five times in the face as a man? If you know this man is bigger and more powerful, and he was walking away. See, they're not doing this stuff fairly, because if she could hit a man, you understand, five times, she should be able to take one. Come on, especially if the man is walking away. Okay, that's the first thing. What you have to also realize, men and women are full of it. All right? Men and, men and women are full of it with this. All right? Now, let's get, we obviously know why men are full of it. We don't have to discuss that. But let's talk about women now. There's plenty of women right now that might be listening to this show. You might have had a couple of drinks at the office party. You smacked the man on his ass. You grabbed his crotch. You felt his chest. Plenty of women have done that. Men don't report stuff like that. Men don't really care for most part because you're not a threat. And most men know if you were a threat, he could kick your ASS. So men don't even bother with that. And a lot of men do like that type of thing. Oh, you know, I got it, I got it, and everything else. Oh, she wants me. I'm not going to give her any. I'm married, I'm this or that, but she wants me. So these things do go on. We've all seen it. All right? Also, too, what you have to understand, men and women do not think the same. It was a U.K. article. I believe it was in the Daily Mail. They said 25% of teenage girls between 16, actually it's not 16 and 19 in the U.K., have mental problems due to the fact, this is what they were saying, 25% is a lot. That doesn't mean they're not functional because they're not pretty enough. They're not getting a lot of enough likes. People are not telling them that they're the, the hot girl, the hot, you know, this, you know. That's according to them. Now, why is that? To a guy, that wouldn't matter so much. But to a woman, because women think outwardly. Men think inward. Guy could be five foot six, you know. He got a little decent job. He got a little education, but he gets a few women. He thinks he's the man. And you're looking at him and say, you think you're the man? <laughs> Come on, are you for real? But in his own head, that's what he's thinking. Women, for most part, they have to be told they're the woman. So now if men, if I could hit a switch, back to the switch, we suppress men for, let's say, the next five years, and you're not telling your wife, your daughters, your girlfriends, they're good looking, I want to have sex with you, you're the one. What do you think would happen with these women based on this type of study? The women would go barking mad in here, barking mad. I've been to parties in my youth where the guys were just talking to other guys, and they were talking about sports, they were talking about school, they were talking about some books they read. The women come up to me because I, you know, I, I knew a few of them. How come the guys are not talking to the girls? And you know what I said to them because I was ruthless when I was young because they don't give a F about they got stuff going on. All these guys here working, got jobs. Some of them go, went to MIT and things like that. They don't care about you. And these girls were bugging in the spot, bugging, you know? 
So everyone's full of it. The men are full of it, and some of these women are full of it. It's just, it's just a situation, you know? And it's not going to be a fair situation because men are perceived as a threat. That's just the bottom line. You're perceived as a threat. It's not going to be a fair situation. Sometimes you're going to catch a few women. You catch them in their lies and stuff like that. But most of the stuff that women do to, do to men is not going to come out. It's not going to come to fruition. It's not going to come out, you know? Even whether it's true or not, you got the evidence. No one cares, you know? Look at Father's Day and look at Mother's Day. Stop playing games, man. Look at Father's Day and look at Mother's Day. No one cares about men. You're supposed to take that. Everyone's running around for women, you know? No one cares about you, even if it's correct. Five women beat you down. You know what happens to the man? Everyone laugh at the man. Let that happen to a woman. We got airplanes. We got helicopters and everything, especially if she's a white woman. That's a whole other story. And good looking. That's a whole other story. We got everything. The man, everyone just laugh at you. Those five women beat that man down. Look at him. He's bleeding. <laughs> That's just how society is, man. That's just what it is. You know? So I find these type of articles, true or not, totally amusing. You know, that's just what it is, you know? I remember a police officer said to me, if some guy comes up to me and some fine woman grabs his crotch, he said, man, yo, you better get out of here before I lock you up. <laughs> that's what he said, you know? You see, different rules, man, different rules, man. You got to just deal with it. Too bad. It is what it is. Fairness is the illusion of the weak to protect you from the strong, to no avail. When you have power, do what you want. The women are stepping up their power. It should be interesting. Back over to you, Afrolerd. Yeah, you know, look, that whole yin and yang thing is a reality. And you get what you give, you give what you get. And I, I certainly think, well, first of all, Maybe I'm too analytical for my own good, but with Halle Berry, because of you know me being in the insurance litigation field, I remember hearing that um, Halle Berry had been had been involved in two car accidents, and she had left the scene of these accidents. One of them where a person was hurt, where they had a, some kind of fractured arm or something, and she left the scene. That so, is correct. I remember that. Twice. Now, one time I'm saying, okay, you know, maybe you didn't know what was going on. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, I, I kind of gave a pass on that. But she left the, left the scene of two accidents. That's when I got a, a kind of a glimmer into, okay, you're not wrapped too tight. I never, I never felt comfortable about that, especially when you, you leave it. To leave the scene of an accident is, is just heinous. That means it's all about you. Damn the other person. I just could that that right there, and, and I just think that it it's it's dubious, and Hollywood is so full of dubious personalities. So uh, when I heard and dubious personalities and egos, egos on steroids, we saw Madonna also with that kind of sex pod, sexy imagery. Although it's, albeit it's different than Halle, but it's still entertainers based on physical power, especially physical power during your youth. But I remember that, um, you know, look, this is a woman that had a book called Sex, where she's, you know, 
pictures of her with Big Daddy Kane, pictures of her with, with all, in all kinds of wild situations, one where she is uh, completely nude as if she's, you know, uh, trying to hitch a ride. And, you know, she's at the top of a physical, top of a physical um, frame, prowess. But that's the, that's the early 90s. It's 2018 now. So kisses. I mentioned, I've said this story before. You can, you can Google the, the video. She's performing with Drake. Drake's the young guy. He, she's, he's, on a, he's on a chair, and she tongue, you know, that's her, her shtick. We saw her kiss, you remember, what, 15 years ago when, when she was, people thought she was pushing because of the age thing. She was pushing the envelope then when she was kissing Britney Spears and um, uh, what's her face? Um, ah, what's the other one? Christina Aguilera. Chris, yeah, thank you, Christina Aguilera. She kissed both of them on MTV, and that's that, that's her shtick. And even then, it, you got you heard a little bit of that the grandma jokes, but it didn't look so visually. You know, it was like ah, you know, you you're pushing it, you're pushing it. Right, but now visibly older, and she pulled that with Drake. Drake winced or did something, which you know a little weird. But she, he winced as if he was going to uh, throw up or something. It didn't go over well. It was kind of insulting that you know the sex pot is kissing the young guy and he's he's rejecting Madonna in some kind of weird thing. I'm like, what? What is that? What is that? But Madonna don't got it anymore. She lost the look. Well, that's, <laughs> she she thinks that's the truth. You still, though you still see Cher, you still see Cher. Um, at seventy something. Cher have on better. Say, say it again. Again. Cher have on better than Madonna. He said she's. Yeah. Ha- he said she's Madonna handling better. Madonna lost a lot. Yeah. When, when Madonna was twenty five, that's good to go. You're not turning away. When Madonna lost a lot. Now, people are going to say, oh, we're talking about women. So let me beat you to the punch already. You're talking about women looks. F you, all right? <laughs> they talk about us. Too bad. F you. I said it. Go ahead. Continue after that. Yeah, so uh, she is, well, look, it's not, it's, not so much, it's not so much that we're talking about women. We're talking about what's going on, the reaction to, to them. You know, I'm, I'm, not even saying it's, it, I'm not even saying that it is right. I'm just saying these are factual events. So, you know, she had all this sexual power and, and, and accrued so much money. She's, you know, look, Madonna's worth anywhere from $500 million to almost a billion dollars. So when you throw out that sexual image, that's a, to, get, to garner that kind of money, that's sexual power. Okay? So she had, she had that, but it is a power that's based on diminishing returns as you age. So zero-year-old Madonna... I think at the time she was 57 or 58, kisses Drake, and he recoils. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, that's not working out too tough. That's just how it gets, that's what's going on. So people think that, that Halle Berry isn't subject to the same metrics. I think, I, I very much believe that kind of stuff. I think she might have, she's thinking she's got it like that, and, and, and I, I have been in the company I, I have been in the company of older women that are attractive, but you could tell they're pushing the grain a little. They're like, you know, 
far more demonstrative than someone who's half their age. Why is that? Because they're used to that sexual power. Now they got they, they they're more like more upfront. And you normally someone like Halle Berry, you wouldn't think she'd have to do that. The 19 year old just got off the bus. <laughs> the 19 year old Vanessa Williams, the 19 year old Naomi Campbell just got just walked the bus. She's got new car smell all over her. You know, we can treat you like a 1967 GTO that's been refurbished. That is hot, but you know, you better be a 1960. You better be a 67. Uh, you know, retro mod. I don't know. I just found it interesting that uh, on Twitter, folks were sending me tweets and showing me these these sexualized pictures of Hallie. Like, look, who's gonna who's gonna decline that? This is Holly weird. Well, here, but, but here's the whole thing. How to not? Maybe you just don't. If it's true, maybe you just don't want anybody to touch you. That's you could be on that BS that night. You well, know, it might be alternative. It's true. It might be alternative. You can't. You can't. Yeah, again, yeah, back to Hollywood. She may look. Yeah, yeah, she, he could he be. But he be. might not just want anybody to touch you. I'm on that tip. Sometimes I'm on that tip, man. I don't want people to touch me. You might get knocked in your face if you touch me on that given night. Another night, I'm, I'm a different person. You could be that way. The person could be hot or, or not. You could be that way if the story is true. If it's true. If it's true. If it's true. Yeah, but. But look, you know, I don't, I don't have to look into it that hard, Afro nerd. You know, keep everyone keep their hands to themselves. <laughs> is that what they tell men? <laughs> I just I thought it was interesting. People true. just automatically people just automatically went to the believing thing. No, you can't do that. We saw we saw Aja Aja Argento as an actress oh, do her it. acting acting shtick on stage, shook the whole room at the Cannes Film Festival. Shook the That's whole true. room, <laughs> and then you That's find true. out. Then you find out that she is the dirty old man. Oh and man, even, that's, and, good. And, that's a good one right there. And and groom this kid, and then her girl, her girl comes in like the male, equi- the male uh, compatriots. Uh, what's it? What's the girl? The young woman's name. She's the date. Um, Marilyn Manson. She's the all these white women have taken away what was began as a black thing. Tawana Burke, I think her name is, or something like that. They they who really started this Me Too thing. They took it over. Rose uh, McGowan. <laughs> Rose McGowan comes Rose McGowan, in yes. and tries to yes. cover up for her girl the way that they got at Ben Affleck and, and Matt Damon when they were being a little bit shaky with Harvey Weinstein. Being their man, so I mean, <laughs> wait, this, this is the that, stuff that gets that makes me go crazy. Look. That's what makes that me go crazy. That wasn't a good look at all. <laughs> well, it, that it was, was about not a good look. S. Frank yep. Oscar Sally, Captain. This is what makes me go crazy. <laughs> I see people that, that you can't throw a picture of a hot Halle Berry when we're told we can't we can't look at you that way. Captain, let me tell you something about what happened behind the scenes. I'm going to, you know, I got to be, I got to, I got to, I got to, I know the story. I know the story. No, this just <laughs> happened. The story this just happened. This just you happened. You told me already, but go ahead. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't tell you the story. No, yeah, you didn't. No, no, no I, I didn't. Because it happened like, it happened right before we went on air. 
Oh, okay, no. go ahead. I'm driving in my truck, professionally dressed, en route to doing the show. I see a young lady. I have my shades on. I ain't, I'm not saying I'm all this and that. I'm not saying I'm this and that, Captain. But I've had slick stuff said to me by young women in a car, if your car is to a certain person's liking. I still got the old vet. When a vet was newer, I had some slick stuff told to me. That's going, to come, going back years ago in, the, in, a, in that car. In the, in the Wrangler, I'm driving, and I see this woman, young woman, young woman. I'm thinking, I, don't, I look, she, I, I'm saying, I'm assuming she's of age. <laughs> okay. This is like, I don't know, 20 minutes before we go on air, half an hour. So I look at her. She's wearing like go-go shorts, go-go shorts, all legs, tall, Brown skin, black woman. You know, I have to put that in there. I hate. I really hate that I have to put these things in it. But you know, for, for the plantation crew, I got to. I got to mention these little affects to make them happy. All right. So she's she's walking toward me in the car, and I glance at her. And I say, oh, you know, I'm trying to say, oh, she's kind of attractive, but I didn't want to look too close. So, I I <laughs> I drive past her, took a good look at her. And then I look at my rearview mirror, and then I see her turn back looking at me. I'm like, damn, I should, I should turn around. But I said, I said in my back, I said, you know what, I don't want, I don't want to deal with this. Now, I, now this doesn't show you, I was like, I have to, I have to double, I, I, I said, I don't want your trouble. Now, now, normally I wouldn't do that. But I, I said, I know, it's an Afro nerd sees a, a, a young Woman, I, again, I'm assuming she's of age. I'm assuming she's of age. I'm like, it's gotten that bad where I can't even. I, I, I don't. I got. I got something in my stomach, Captain. What was that? I was like, what am I? What am I gonna do? I, I just felt. I just felt like I'm gonna be into some. I'm gonna be in some S. Maybe because she, Ain't how, she was, how she was dressed. <laughs> again, how she was dressed. I mean, some short shorts. And I'm assuming she wasn't a working girl. I don't say that much. She looked to be, you know, just a young woman on a summer day. But I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. I, I, maybe Halle Berry was on my mind. I don't know. This is the damage that, that this movement has wrought that I don't know how to react to this stuff anymore. And, I, and, and, be, and, and honestly, again, I, when I was in the other car, and I was working in the city. And I, I was I parked in a parking garage, and I, I'm in my suit and tie, in a sports car. Another statuesque black woman is walking towards me, and she says, "You, I need to, I need to get in the car. I need to, I need a lift. I need a, I need, to, I need to be driven. I don't even know this woman. I need to be driven." Now, again, I'm supposed to be like. All right, darling, let's see what we could do. You know, I, you know, I could, I could do something, okay? But that was then. This is now. <laughs> that was then, Captain. This is now. I'm not so comfortable, quote unquote, as they say, spitting game as I was before. Now I got to scrutinize this stuff. They, they, they messed up the game. 
if you got if you have a guy that's asked for the number, all of a sudden you on you're on I on Instagram, you're on IG, and they're gonna tell you, guess what happened to me today? <laughs> I was assaulted. <laughs> it has it has True. trickled it has trickled down. It has trickled it has trickled down from the the higher echelons of entertainment, politics, and and uh, entertainment and entertainment and politics to the black professional or the working man or just the, the you know the, the your local podcaster. Now it's it's trickling down, trickling down to the self admitted little guy. I kid you not. You know what this? You know what they're saying? They're saying the millennials are having having less sex. Than we did. <laughs> I can believe Why is that happening? <laughs> Why is it happening? <laughs> I can believe it. Let's oh, bring let's, let's bring in our friend Q. I think he's chopping at the bit to defend his girl who left the scene of two accidents. <laughs> I just don't like that. I think that's suspicious. Um, uh, Howie Mandel. Not good. <laughs> Howie, get this. I got a I got a memory like an elephant. You could, it's probably on, it's probably on YouTube somewhere. <laughs> probably on YouTube somewhere. Uh, somewhere. Uh, Howie Mandel, the comedian, right? That's when America's Got Talent now. We knew him from St. Elsewhere back in the days with Denzel Washington. He used to put the condom over his head, if you remember. He was on, I think, maybe The View. And on one of those shows. And Halle Berry was also a guest on the show and I think he was opening up the show or something and as a comedian he said something real slick about her leaving the scene of the accident of an accident and then the audience booed or he received some kind of like he he got he he, he got spanked he got spanked and I'm like but she did leave the scene of an accident like already we're ready to cover up and treat a grown woman who left the scene of an accident, mind you, accidents plural, but it, but it was in the news. He he comments on it, makes a joke. She's the villain, but she's pretty. People come to her defense like an infant, and he was chided. You can go to you can go to Google, you can go to YouTube. You can see the whole situation how he was treated. I'm like I said even back then I was like wow, wow this is something isn't it. We're treating women like infants. Okay. Let's bring in Q-Storm from the infamous Red Shirts podcast. <laughs> Q, what's up? Deconstruct. Deconstruct. I, I'm just glad that you allowed me to join the Woman Haters Club. I'm going to meet Spanky and Alfalfa. Oh, here we go. Uh, I don't want to meet Buckwheat, but uh, I just want to get membership in this club tonight. Um, I'm trying to – well, first off, I love the fact that you turned down what could have been an opportunity for what could have been a meaningful relationship because of what happened to power brokers like Harvey Weinstein, Aziz Ansari, and any number of other people. I find that hilarious. Okay, that's that's number one. That's it. That is <laughs> number two. Why are you? Are we still men or not? Why are y'all so paranoid? <laughs> Knock it off. Knock it off. Okay? I am not to the point where well, I'm married now, <clears throat> but I'm not at the point, if I were single, that I wouldn't 
Well, first of all, meeting women at a club, I, I don't know what kind of woman you think you're going to meet at a club, but I'm not going to be afraid to, to throw some game because of what's happening in Hollywood. Stop it. Okay, let's just let's stop playing. You know, we don't play the victim on this show, do we? We don't do victimization on this show. And number three, I'm still not clear what your what your point is about the Holly Berry situation. My point is, I'm keeping it real. I'm keeping it 100. I know maybe if a man is married, <clears throat> or maybe if you're there with your woman at that club, and I don't believe it happened. First off, but let's assume it did. You mean to tell me you're a single man in a bar, in a bar, and Halle Berry, who has been voted twice in the past the most beautiful woman on the planet, comes up and touches you on any part of your body, you're really going to go, you're really going to be offended by that? Let's just keep it real. Well, all, all the men are saying. <laughs> let, let, let me do like you. Hashtag reptilian. Hashtag reptilian yeah. nature. You, you see, you can't, you can't sit down, you can't buy the cake, sit down and eat it too. Come on now, stop it. He hasn't seen me operate. <laughs> Look, and I, I guarantee I, you, I, I guarantee you, Halle Berry, Halle Berry's feet are bunion free. All right. No, she got one bunion. <laughs> Look, I can overlook certain things, but look. I I, uh, I read the story. When I was reading the story verbatim, admittedly. I don't know if you probably came in late, Q. I could barely get through the story because as I was as I was reading, I said, "Ooh, this is this is this is this is worse than I thought." I, was, I said, the, "The way the way I read it, I was like, oh, God, you know." But I listen. Take me out of it. I don't even want to be in. I don't. I don't even want to be in. This, I don't even want to be in that situation. Well, let me rephrase myself. I don't want to be able – I can't comment on it. It's not me. It's not me. I'm talking about this guy. I just know I could barely read it with a straight face. Admittedly. Admittedly, I could, I could barely read it. But I'm saying as far as the story, I'm reading, I'm reading it as a podcaster, as a quasi-reporter you know, reporter of it, that we're supposed to be taking all these allegations at face value. This time, it's just scoffed at. Like no one's considering it. I'm like, you're not supposed to do that. And then when uh, all, sh- all respect to her, KJ, KG Braft, who follows us, who follows us, and she's to be respected, but when she, I think you were in on the conversation, Q, when she throws out this picture of Halle Berry and says, uh, well, you know, who could resist that? I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm not supposed to even respond to this kind of stuff. You, you personally, Q, have chided me when I go into – She's not hard on the eyes. When I, when I make some kind of reference to a woman's physical, uh, physical attributes because of the zeitgeist that we're currently in, you've got to fall back on that. You've got to retract it a little. So that's what I'm doing. And I find it funny that when it's time to scrutinize alleged, alleged bad behavior, it's, the woman respectfully throws this picture and says, well, you can't resist yeah. that. Well, we're supposed to resist that. Now – right. Well, hold- you see what I'm saying? Because, it ain't that easy. Uh, okay. Larson, go- hold on. Hold on. Let me finish this point. When Brie Larson, Captain Marvel, who's going to get – who I'm excited about, she's going to get my full support. But when Brie Larson is at an airport and there's a flirtatious exchange between herself and a TSA agent, she admittedly says, 
She smiled at the guy. The guy asked for a number. Take it. Take that as you take it for what you want. She goes right to social media and says, "My, you see how this works? This is uh, being a woman is always on the defense. So now a man who shows interest in a woman who simply asks for a number and you could simply say, "No, I have a boyfriend. I'm interested. Thank you. I'm flattered. But yada yada yada. Now all of a sudden, it's I'm women are on the defense. Now this is where we're going now. If this is where we're going." And at the same time, you th- but you throw a picture at me and say, how can you resist? That's Halle Berry. She grabs your junk. Come on. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed oh, to do? And mind you, and mind you, from last week, there's a new toy I have right on the horizon just for you. Wait, wait, wait. Stop, I, stop. Don't, don't, don't put yourself I, out I, there like that. I, I don't. I don't. Use the word. This is from Little Duval. I ain't going back and forth with you niggas. I, I don't, I'm wow. not going to vow. I'm not. That's what he said. Okay. Are you, are you done? Go ahead. All right. I hope K, uh, KG Braff, that her, is that her name? I hope she's listening. I got this, KG. Um, now, you, you claim to be a discerning Negro, right? Yes. That's one. Two, you know, Star Trek Discovery uh, is deba- debuting the first of four 10-minute shorts tomorrow night, so I'm going to take a a line, a quote from one of their titles from last season. Context is for kings. What I mean by that is the reason she put the photo up, it was in the context of the conversation, which was based prima facie on the article that we were discussing. Now, if she had put that photo up on Twitter, and I'm sorry to be putting her out on Front Street like this, but if she, you, you should check the photo out too, fellas, by the way. Uh, if she had put the photo out with no basis for anything, yeah, I could see your point. But the point was, and I may have been the one to bring it up, get out of here that, you, that you're going to be complaining about Halle Berry grabbing you in a bar where people tend to go for what purpose? It's, you know, it's not unlikely that men are going there to hit on women. Now, that doesn't mean I say you should hit on women even when they rebuff you. When they rebuff you, you you mark down, okay, that one's down. What's next? Who's next? Who got next? But if she's grabbing you and you're in a bar and you're a single man, I can't see. When are we going to do the alpha note after dark? Because I, I have some choice words for you. <laughs> well, look, look you, you, but you're kind of you're you're damning yourself because you say re- rebuff. You can't even get to the rebuff. If someone asks for the number after you smile at them, that's considered an assault now. This woman just said, because of this but whole... Well, well, look, you, you admittedly, you have to admit. I mean, we're, we're, she's we're in an men. airport. Having, There's a big difference. But look, you say, look, that's, this is where people... This is, people meet people wherever you meet them. You, you can't control right, right, where right, you right, meet no. people. I would talk to you, but this is not the perfect place. Sorry. Come on. No, no, I understand. I don't agree with Brie Larson in that case. I think the guy, I don't know. Well, I, I'm not going to say I don't agree with her. I don't know what the tenor of, I don't know what the tenor of the confrontation was. Was he amicable? <clears throat> was he amiable? Or was he aggressive? If he was aggressive, then yeah, I could get see it. So I'm going to assume he's not a psycho. And he just said, oh, I'd like to call you sometime. Can I get your number? I don't see a problem with that. <clears throat> but I, I think he that's a... Did. 
She did. And I understand, and I think that's a little. And he so, and he responded on Twitter on IG. He responded on her account. She was very forthcoming of exactly what happened. She said she's the one who who's put out exactly the the transaction, and she she admittedly said, "I smiled at the guy. We had a conversation. He wanted my number, and then she says this is an example of women always being on the defense. She didn't want enough. She didn't want him to do that." Right, but it's okay. So let's turn the tables. If Brie Larson had gone up and grabbed the guy's junk, and he'd asked for her number, and then she said, "I mean, if we want to keep it apples and apples, then you got a case if she's complaining about it." But I don't think the security guard would have a problem if she had would have done that. Look, you're getting, you're you getting, we're getting, we're getting into the weeds because I'm not even talking about grabbing anybody. There's, there's, there's no even, there's no grabbing. She, the, the woman, the man just asked. For her number, and she looked at it as an assault. I and got I'm saying, it. We, right. So I'm saying we're, we're in a different space where you're not, you, it's interfering. I've been, I've been saying this for a while now. There's a little bit of overreach with this movement. We all applaud the movement because it, it is rooting, rooting out some nonsense. Nonsense has to be, has to be rooted out. But like many move, movements, there's overreach. And in the, in the wake of the overreach, now, we're in a, in a space now where, you know, a woman can touch a man, a man can't touch a woman, and because she's a beautiful, uh, sexy actress, we just can't, we're just going to scoff at, because he's a man, he's going to scoff at his allegations, when now you really can't, you're not really supposed to do that. Because we're seeing young, young men in high school and grade school uh, getting these advances, like Aja Argento, and... We're supposed to treat these things seriously. And damn if it's some attractive actress, you're not supposed to be touching people. Yeah, the, okay. The, the, allegations, <clears throat> well, the allegations should be treated – the allegations, since he put it out there, the allegations should be, should be uh, treated seriously. Did you, did you, yeah, did well, you, you hear know exactly what? what he said? You want me to – let me read you what, exactly what he said. You know, he gives his name and everything. That's another thing, too. It's not like some mysterious person. He says, bumped into Hallie at a party, wrote a man named Heath Wilson under Barry's comment section of an unrelated post. I was a little drunk and knocked the drink out of her hand. I tried to apologize, but she grabbed me by my genitalia and said, this is how you can say sorry. I told her no, but she persisted. Uh, you know, that's hard for me to read because, damn. But still, but still, <laughs> on principle, it's not. Listen, I, I, I can't respond to that question. I can't talk about this for me. I don't have anything to say about this for me. This guy has a problem with it. Not Afro nerd. Not Afro nerd. Well, I'm saying to you, I think that that guy and people can come at me because men, and we're speaking. Heterosexually, okay. Heterosexual. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to question here. the man. By the I mean, way, I could, that's how we speak here all the time. But go ahead. <laughs> I could surmise, and I don't want to stereotype that the gentleman may have been homosexual. I don't know. That's, I don't want to assume well, anything. Doesn't have to be though. Doesn't have to be. Well, I, I understand that, but I'm going to. I'm. I'm going to look at this from a heterosexual point of view, and what I'm saying is. I look at that guy uh, the same way I look at Brie Larson. That's that's what I'm saying. Now I know Hallie 
was more aggressive than the TSA agent towards Brie Larson. But I also know that heterosexual, I mean, because I'm not, I'm not a fool. I know that heterosexual men have uh, something about them that I, see, I put them apart from heterosexual women. Heterosexual men have not typically been preyed upon. It's not traditional. Heterosexual women, and maybe I'm keeping it in that in that realm. Heterosexual women have been victims for a much longer time. I, I saw on CNN just five minutes ago, one out of three women have been the uh, victim of a sexual assault or harassment. Okay, so I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. I don't see. This guy uh, addressing this issue on a casual Twitter account that he was assaulted by one of the most beautiful women in the world. Okay. I can't take that seriously. In a bar. In a bar. I hear you. We're going to cut it. We're going to go to something else. Okay, but look, I hear you, but these cases got to be heard because that's just where we are. We can sit there and think about the logic of it. I'm going on the face value of it. You are being touched, an an unsolicited situation. All these things have to be heard out. That's all I'm saying. I just thought it was interesting that people just thought that it's Halle Berry. uh, And she spoke to him like a gangster. That's another thing that people were shocked at. Well, she's ghetto. Halle Berry's ghetto. No doubt about that. Well, well, that's that's another element. Ghetto women, they get down like that sometimes when it comes down to doing what they they, they could be a little – I say all ghetto women. But some that I have encountered can be quite quite forthcoming, and and that groping now it comes more clearer, doesn't it? I'm just saying. I just want to know the next time she's in the bar, because my wife is giving me a reprieve for her. I've given her a reprieve on Morris Chestnut. So let me know when she's in the bar next time. <laughs> Tell me. All right. All that- I'll check the toes and everything. Oh, let me stop. Okay, here we go. <laughs> I think I'm infecting you. Okay, let's, let's go. I'm going to keep you keep you on uh, cue, and um, we're going to bounce around a little bit. Uh, you know what? I want to actually. I want to talk about. Uh, let's talk about Kanye West after the break. Oh God! Re- regret, regrettably, regrettably, and I keep it brief. You can talk about um, Kanye and segue into Lady Gaga versus Venom, because I think that's a very uh, harrowing. Situation. I don't like the way that's 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 turning out. I really. And this is from someone who's kind of meh, meh on the Venom movie, but I will see it. But I don't like. I'm I'm a little bit more enthusiastic about it now, because you have allegedly these just like the Bayhive or the Beehive, you have these uh, Gaga stands that are that want to sabotage a movie for their hero. I mean, I don't even think the audience. I wouldn't even think the audiences would actually even there would be any kind of cross pollination with a, the fans of a Venom movie versus the fans of a Lady Gaga movie. Aren't they two different audiences? I think I'm confused on that. Anyway, to all, what we always do, we always do this urban urban alternative groove thing. Um, all right, you know what? I'm gonna do this 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 song. I think many many of our listeners like this song. It's a classic Beatles cut, but this is actually from a group called Scary Pockets and Judith Hill, Prince's uh, ingenue, girlfriend, artist. You know how he got down. I think 
they might have had a little something going on there. So she says, and I don't, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, hell of a singer. I wish I could say she's not hard on the eyes, but you know I'm being told we can't say that stuff anymore. Anyway, come together, Scary Pockets, Judith Hill. Two minutes, we'll be right back. Let's groove.
20. All right. My friend Q Storm is in the his house from the infamous Red Shirts podcast. Um, you know, that's obviously a reference to the Star Trek theme where many of those cats that wore the red shirt <laughs> they didn't necessarily make it when they were being down. That was like a kind of an inside joke. Anyway, um, so that's his podcast. Definitely a very uh, cool pod, cool and necessary podcast. So um, anyway, before the break, um, you know, we were talking about the Halle Berry. So let's get off, let's get off that Halle Berry thing. And I want to um, actually talk about this um, Kanye West situation. Kanye West, uh, rap artist, rap musician, very. but as of late, I think his star may be diminishing because of his political affiliations and some of the just disjointed comments he's been making. I mean, he's, that's his shtick, but I almost don't want to really want to, I almost don't really want to describe it as that. I mean, I'm at the point now that I just, I just think we should not be commenting about Kanye West comments. I think this is a person that has some mental issues. I think he's on the spectrum or bipolar. When you when he's interviewed, he seems not to be in the same space as his in- interviewer. He's not with us. He something's going on. Um I didn't get the I didn't. I was not. I was unable to isolate the audio. I believe he made another appearance with attorney Harvey Levin regarding this latest dust up with his opinions about Trump. He was a, he was a musical guest on Saturday Night Live, and actually, they did not formally um, air his comments after some kind of performance. Or I might might not have been a performance. I think it's, there's a point where the guests come out at the close of the show, and he went into this whole pro-Trump rant, an anti-democratic rant, which I could get with partially, not necessarily supporting Trump. I mean, to do that in a New York audience where this is so they're so liberal downstate in New York, I, you know, this is not the it's, it's a bad crowd, but. He's not an eloquent person. It's a mess. But, I, but, I, but for folks to be so angry about Kanye West, to be angry about him, to be angry with him, as if you're speaking about a rational person on GP, as they say, general principle, I think that is where we go off the rails. I think we go off the rails by treating him as a, as a real person. I think he's just not well. And I think we should be approaching it that way. But that, that, that this anger toward him, as if he's a, as if he's like a, a regular guy. No, we need to stop doing that. So I have a, I have a, a clip of this, of this part. I think actually, Chris Rock filmed this and 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 laughed after he made these comments. I believe that the audience was dead silent. After he spoke, which is very an uncomfortable <laughs> silence, an uncomfortable silence. They're, they're, they're listening to the rantings of a madman. And again, you do that at a pro-Trump rally, he would he would have been a superstar. But in liberal New York, so let me play this, then we will unpack. This is Kanye West doing what he does best. Hold on. Actually, blacks weren't always Democrats. 
You know, it's like the plan to get, uh, to take the fathers out the home and promote welfare. Does anybody know about that? That's a democratic plan. Now you've got a situation where we need to have a dialogue. Okay. Because if you want something to change, it's not going to change by saying, fuck that person. Try love. You see, they laughing at me. You heard them, they scream at me. They bully me. They bullied me backstage. They said, don't go out there with that hat on. They bullied me backstage. They bullied me. And then they say, I'm in a sucking place. You want to see the sucking place? Okay. I'm going to listen to y'all now. I'm going to put my Superman cape on. You can't tell me what to do. Someday. All right. It's a little muffled. It's a little muffled, so my apologies. Um, you can go to Afronerd.com and actually you probably get a better sense of what he was saying and the visuals. Go to Afronerd.com, um, the latest posting. You, there, it's there. And also, as I said, there's like a cute little intro, our own version of Fringe. Afronerd does Fringe, an upcoming, forthcoming intro for you know, our videos. So anyway, Afronerd.com. Uh, Captain and then Q, what are your thoughts about the rantings of a madman? Or is he? Well, I don't know. Well, Kanye, as he says, he's the biggest troll out. So I never take entertainers seriously. I don't take any of these people seriously. A lot of times, not all the time. A lot of times, not all the time. A lot of times, not all the time. And we have a history on that. We take entertainers, you know, as the general spokesperson for the American black in this country. You know, <clears throat> maybe years ago because those people were more polished and they had their feet on the ground, it might have made sense. But not anymore. Not since we, about since we got into the 2000s, or maybe a little bit before that. You don't take any of these people serious, these entertainers, in any way, shape, or form. You know, the Harry Belafonte's and those types, uh, we're not doing that right now. It's just a circus at this given juncture. So, I, don't th- I think Kanye's a bit mad. But, you know, a lot of entertainers are mad. A lot of entertainers are drug, uh, drug addles and all that other stuff, too. I think he's a little mad, you know. But it is what it is. I don't take him serious. But everyone else seems to. <laughs> Back over to you, sir. Q, any thoughts about yeah. Mr. West and this, this particular situation? Yes, I'll try to make this brief. Um this is the same guy who stood up in front of the cameras back in 2000-something, oh, 2004 maybe, and blatantly said George Bush doesn't care about black people. But this is the same fool that wears a MAGA hat. And we know, we know, we have irrefutable evidence that Trump doesn't really care about black people. But we shouldn't take that as necessarily, uh, it is, he is racist in my opinion, but he doesn't exclusively not care about black people. He only is just he only cares about himself and people who worship him. Be that as it may, uh, I, I lost respect for not that I ever really was a huge Kanye fan. I think the last time I was a fan of his was when um, Jesus Walked came out and uh, the Gold Digger song came out what ten fifteen years ago, um, and I completely shut the door on him when he put when he produced that album that. Uh, for Pusha T that had the photo of Whitney Houston's um, bathroom in it. 
right? I was done with him. Uh, but there's another clip, I don't know if you saw, where he talks to Harvey Levin, and Levin asks him to, he sits down at a, they're like at a picnic table or something, or bench or something like that, and Levin asks him to take the cap off. He has the MAGA cap off. <clears throat> and I kind of throw shade at Harvey for that. It's like, if he wants to wear the cap, let him wear the cap. Let him make himself look like a fool. And he's entitled to his opinion. But the the thing I, I would say to him is that, why are you wearing that cap? And the only reason it seemed like he was wearing that cap is just to be spiteful because he says the Democrats are responsible for welfare and this and that. Well, if you believe that, then, you know, talk, try to affect change in the people who probably have a little bit more vested interest in your community than the other side. Now, we could debate if that's what I just said is true or not, but I can tell you for – I think for a fact that the Republicans – don't have any vested interest in black folks. Don't, uh, you know, at least Bush hired a couple of them. Trump hired one of them. He hired, and then he hired Amoroso. But he, and he also spoke to Steve Harvey, who I used to, used to, uh, uh, Kate for. And, uh, who, what's your boxing promoters do? Don King. These are the people he can source with. So why do you want to go get in the bed with them as opposed to trying to improve people that might actually be coerced into making a change or might be the best party to help make change in our community. That's my opinion. So, I, yeah, I'm I'm done with Kanye. I have nothing more to say about him. Uh, that's all I got to say. I'll be brief like you as well. Um, as I said before, I'm leaning on the side that Kanye West just is not a well person. And it really goes to a larger issue as to the state of black America as to how we are controlled. And uh, as I said, I don't really ascribe to YouTuber Yvette Carnell's politics wholesale, but I do pick a little bit of a number of podcasts and the things that I like. I, I, I have my own internal grater, G-R-A-T-E-R, grater or sifter, where I'm able to look at certain things and what makes sense to me to my own sensibilities, I will take and or throw away. So when she goes into a few things, I like, I like what she says that I think is very dead on target. When she says, especially for the last time Kanye had this outburst, that, that this really is further evidence that black people need to put black entertainers in general on notice. That th- there's, there has been this deal with us and the captain referenced it, and I reference, I hearken back to this time, a time that I'm very proud of. You know, we see, as an elder statesman, Harry Belafonte is still with us. Thankfully, he is still with us, but he is 90 years old. Because he's in all of that, which is great. But that status, that comportment, that intellectual heft that wasn't that was not uncommon for the black creatives in the 40s, 50s and 60s. We just don't have that right now or or they're so hidden or they're not allowed to have the mic. I don't I don't even want to be inaccurate and say there's no one out there that's in the creative space that has that kind of intellectual um acuity. I just think that we're so controlled and that these people are so positioned, respectful for them to be put in the position of being a proxy 
for real politics. Instead of giving you someone who is real, we get Kanye West, and then he's and then we know he shouldn't be treated treated seriously, but he is. I'm even I've even I'm even heard some of these political discourse programs. I mean, obviously, you know, some of it's Fox stuff, but you know, you hear these people talk, these talking heads, and they say off the cuff remarks about, wow, is it is it isn't it a shame? that he represents the black community or isn't it a shame that his politics are representative i'm like really who's is that really how you think but that's that's the control thing that's how we get controlled but trolled you know he says he's the biggest troll but a lot of these clowns are trolls at the black community's expense i was reading the uh, Daily News today, the New York Daily News, and I'm thumbing through the newspaper. I still pick up the physical newspaper as well as do my fair share of research via the internet. So I'm I'm picking up the newspaper, and it is again I have an affect why I am honest when I'm on this mic. I I'm going through each page, and each page I see a black or brown face. Male, mostly male, the middle of chaos. The front page, there was a story of uh, two young men, one black, uh, his friend was of Latin, Latin extraction. They're boys, and the best they could come up with is to put out a ransom for 700 bucks. So they ransom some, they ransom or kidnap someone for seven hundred dollars and they're on the front page of the daily news and then when you turn the page you see a man an older man who's 50 57 he's accused of beating his girlfriend in front of their four-year-old daughter then i see another story where there's two men and two young men in brooklyn not even men they're, they're young boys really or older adolescents and they rob a a contemporary of theirs, a 15-year-old, of his Yeezys. Ironically, he had $350 Yeezys, and they they threatened his life or threatened to physically harm him and take his sneakers. So what I'm telling you is I'm reading, reading and looking at every page. I'm looking at black dysfunction. And I said, even though I know better and I'm in my own head, this is this is a cumulative effect on how black people can be perceived, and we, we we're naive to think that this stuff works its way into the public consciousness. Where this is this is what black men are about, mind you. I'm also um, as I'm driving in, I'm also uh, hearing the star um, star. What's it called? The uh, Star Talk, yeah, Star Talk podcast with Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about or, or interviewing the author of Hidden Figures and talking about crypto- black cryptologists, black, black computers, and that made me feel, feel very proud of all that cognition being discussed all the way around. Uh, I forgot the young woman's name. Um, uh, I can't remember her name, but she is part of NASA, a systems analyst for NASA, and she just so happened to call in, and I think she's part of the Mars mission. 
Um, I can't think of her name. Anyway, she was she's a, a, a black woman. So what I'm saying is, I I'm fully aware performing at a high level, but I'm also looking at these cases where you know I would want. I'm at the point now, Q and Captain. We, we need to have. Like where's the where is the NAACP? Where is our version of the JDL? I mean, you have the Urban League, all these organizations that I remember even I was like, just like a kid. Um that seem to be more involved, more protective of the black image. Not not that these things aren't happening, but but let's be logical. There's something going on with these these stories are chosen. Like we we just assume that these are the that these are the stories. No, someone makes a decision to put out these stories, and it is something. Something I really felt something where literally each page is a black brown face, coincidentally male. That's up to shenanigans, and I'm affected by it. And I know better. We don't. We we gotta get control of the Kanye's. We gotta get control of the narrative. I mean, I think that's it, really. But something has to be done. I I, I just don't. I, I was. You know what? I because I'm always thinking, always thinking. I'm just gonna put this out here. We have this. We have this. Um, uh, this belief in the black community as a collective, that, okay, anti-respectability politics, that some of that's going on, whatever, okay, whatever. But no one says that, let's say, uh, um, Breitbart. We know what Breitbart, that periodical, represents. And I'm thinking, you know, no one's, no one, like, thinks it's wrong that they have their own infinity glove and they throw in narrative. I think black folks need to do that. I think black folks need to be black folks need to be just as duplicitous in promoting in grabbing their own infinity glove and saying, This is our reality, this is what we want to promote. Um Trump has the infinity stones and he pushes a narrative that we don't like, but no one stop no one stops him from doing that. With black people, we don't think that we can't do the same thing. There should be a black Breitbart that we stick down your throat that says Neil deGrasse Tyson's doing this. Q Storm has his film company. Uh, the Uncanny, Captain Kirk, Debert, they're podcasters where they talk about. Uh, they interview all kinds. They interview filmmakers, comic book writers, scientists. I'm listening. I'm listening to old podcasts where I'm even amazed at my own interview skills. Like people, some of the people that we've interviewed. You know, we our guests are professionals. This is our slice of life. We have our own our own Infinity Glove, and this is this is our reality. Damn all this other stuff. But for some reason, we're told not to do that. But everybody else does this. Am I insane or what? Well, what I explained saying? that to you before. I explained that to you before. Well, I'm just getting it. Uh, so your will, your, your, I'm just your will it. force, 
your will force is controlled by the powers that be that are white. And that happened during slavery. You know, that's the reality of it. So unless they force you into a reality, unless you could take back their will, your will force, <laughs> unless they force you into reality, it's not going to happen to you. Unless you learn the other way how to take back what was taken from you when you were subjugated. You know, then it will develop automatically. That's just the mathematics and the science of it. That's what that whole thing, when I talk about the observer collapses the quantum wave from. I know it's, and I'm making it simple. Quantum mechanics is for the extremely brilliant people. And I'm making it simple for you. So it's something that the people, if one in ten black people can grasp the concept, you're on your way already. Not everyone has to be able to grasp the concept. Forget about working out the equations. You don't have to work the equations. You just have to be able to grasp the concept. Because that's all what that is. What you're saying right there, that's all what it is. And automatically you fall into that reality. Automatically. Because that's just the science and mathematics that's applied to you. Without you even realizing, you fall into it. That's the reason why China is on its way up. And if China is left unaffected, China becomes their masters over here. They have to stop China. You know? They have to stop it. Otherwise, they eventually become your masters. And I think they, I think uh, you know, the powers that be do know that. You know, I think they do know that because they understand that type of stuff. It's the plebeian peasant, you know, the wage slave zombie that doesn't really understand that stuff. And then you're, you're on your way. But also, too, history says, for whatever reason, even if we're forced into that reality and we start doing ourselves, they come and get you. So you have to understand you have to be able to stand up to that type of attack, you know. You have to Black Wall Street, et cetera, and all those other places. You know, you have to understand with all that. So there you go. So what you're saying is correct, sir. Mathematically, scientifically, empirically, you are correct. Back over to you, Earth. Yeah, I, I want to get Q, Q Storm's uh, opinion on this, but I, I don't want to be so repetitive, but I want to make it clear. You know, we we, we just take for granted that Fox does what it does. But Fox creates, we can call them delusional, but they push a narrative and they stick with it and they create their own reality. And I'm saying black folks are the only ones that are a little bit self-deprecating, even beyond self-deprecating, outright just self-hating. And we, you know, we say, we, 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 it's the self-esteem thing, I think. But, and it, what we should be doing, we should be learning what other other people are doing. Fox, they don't talk about. They don't talk about what's happening at the Catholic Church. You know, I, recently there was a sting, local sting captain, I think, where they caught like I don't know how many pedophiles, and I didn't see any black or brown faces in that mix. Not and I, again, I'm not the person that's trying to colorize everything, but we're in this kind of in this in this space now where I'm just seeing black and brown dysfunction in the newspaper as if. As if no one else, mathematically, is causing chaos. There's only so many black and brown people of color in respect to everybody else. There's got to be, on a math level, on a math level, got to be chaos sprinkled around everywhere. But someone makes the decision at the Daily News or any of these, uh, any of these periodicals, and we're led to believe, oh, that's just the news. That's just what happened. No. Someone, an, editor, an editorial staff says, we're going to run with this story. But, you know, 
there's, there's nothing stopping someone going in and say, listen, damn you, we got we have 25 different stories. You go, you're going to have to mix this up. Leave some of these black faces out of that. Now we had we had people that were really representative of 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 uh, black forward mindedness, black imagery, black control. We would not allow this. And, and and not only would we not only would we do that, but we would also have a black version of Fox where we shove Wakanda down your throats every day. We shove Wakanda down your throats. We shove these Nigerian scientists and medical doctors down your throats, and these Cory Booker, who is a I may not even, I may not even be wholesale with Booker's politics, but he is a Rhodes Scholar. Okay, I mean, there's enough. Obama gets a gets a Netflix deal. Um, the, the Obamas in general, all the HBCU business. There's enough black good news and movement. Where it's not about nog business all the time. We need it. This should be a channel that's completely completely devoted to black excellence. No nog talk, none. Okay, Con- classical music. Shout out to Sergio uh, Sergio Mims. We talk about classical classical musicianship, jazz. I mean, just keep it completely elitist and run with that. That's the black reality. And that's you know we don't even hear about nog business. Be completely self indulgent, because everybody else is doing that, and treating it like that's the, like that's the only reality. Fox operates like that is the reality, and I'm just I just figured it out. Why aren't black people doing that instead of putting out uh, world star hip hop as the reality? Q Storm. Well, <clears throat> there are a lot of ways. I mean, that's that's such a I don't know how to attack that, uh, but I would say, w- what are our expectations? Because I, you know, we talk about we've seen alt- alternatives in the Black Panther. We've seen alternatives in with Boots Riley's uh, "Sorry to Bother You." Uh, we, I'm, I just went on YouTube as you were diatribing, and this 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 dude here. Uh, the advice show TV. The brother right. got eight hundred and eighty thousand subscribers. That's true. Um, Roland Martin, I think he has a podcast now. And yep. um, the uh, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a kind of hot and cold with this guy, but there's Tariq Nasheed. Uh, there's another another gentleman that well, you got Boyce Watkins. You know, he's he's kind of soured a little bit, soured some people a little bit. But this is what I'm saying, you know, when you say we need this, I guess if you're going by the white standard, which I know you don't typically tend to do, and I'm not I'm not throwing shade your way, I just want you to see, if you're going by the white standard, then yeah, I see room for complaining, but people are doing it, they're just doing it on different platforms. And we talk about how network TV is dying, how newspapers are dying. So look, can't we look at it as though these brothers and sisters are already uh, ahead of the game. They're already on the platforms where in 20 years you're probably going to get most of your content. And I'll say this to you, Deaver, I'm not trying to call you out. I'm not trying to call you out. I'm saying this with love. How fervently have you approached Sirius XM? I mean, I mean well, now I'm, I'm, jo- I'm joking with you, but I mean, and I, I think if Bison's listening, if, if uh, Black Rona's listening, 
We were on your ass for the longest time. Start a YouTube channel. It kind of took you a long time to do that. All right? So what I'm saying is, yeah, you're right, but we all got to Let's keep it moving. All right? Let's keep it moving. I'm not disagreeing with you. I can take the I can take the hits. I can take the criticism. And and look, we we're doing what we're doing what we can do. You killing I'm, it now? I, I, yeah, you killing it. I, you know. I, I guess what it is, is is it's the frustration that the ease of the dysfunction, like like the 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 dysfunction platform is up and running with like no effort flat, and and they get the uh, subscribers. They don't have if I if I decided to go full tilt and become like some ignoramus, I would be so much in a different space right now. And it looks like that's the only language that even our own people will listen to. That, I guess that's really my gripe. It's not so much about that. I know that that there are pocket universes. We all have our own pocket universe, and that's fine. And I felt that you know, look, all of us had to get the Bunsen burner under under us to say, look, we no one else is doing this. No one's going to no one is going to be your superhero but you, okay. So yes, like a, like a superhero, we had to do what we had to do to get things popping. Fine. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying though is, it's 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 the positive, or what we perceive to be a the positive thinking, branding the element that seems to be what is difficult to, to kind of rally around. But if it was an ignorant platform like the Charlemagne and Angelie kind of stuff, and they're spotty yet, but I don't want to. I don't want to dump on them completely. They have their moments, but I just, I just, I, I, I'm angry because they have a certain platform, right? But it's, it's like, wow, you know, when Sergio, um, the last podcast, he spoke about this um, black woman that was discovered buried in a, uh, I believe, a, a metal casket or aluminum casket. And she was perfectly preserved, and she had passed on from smallpox. Uh, it's a 150-year-old preserved black body of a woman that was a free black person. That is a story, and I believe it's going to, it's going to accompany a PBS special. But <laughs> there's so many stories, Q, where I, I, when you think of someone like Charlemagne, and I'm only mentioning it because he's 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 the guy that has you know youth youth are listening. It's spotty at best. You know he speaks poorly, and that's 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 considered kind of quaint. I don't like it. But you see what I'm saying? It's like wow, we could really be doing a lot more. But there's always a limit because of these personalities that that get these gigs. They have access. They're able to interview Hillary Clinton. I mean, all these things are going on. And it, we, we, we stop short, we stop short of going full tilt with black greatness. There's always a governor that prevents us from going full tilt with it. That's my complaint. I, well, okay, and I, I hear you, but I got to say again, I, I don't necessarily agree with your premise that we're not doing it now. I think, now correct me if I'm wrong, I think you are still measuring it through the lens of traditional and terrestrial modes, uh, platforms of distribution. And again, I'm saying to you, I think we're doing it. Maybe your frustration and my frustration as well is that they're on platforms that haven't yet blossomed, but I believe they're getting there. 
you don't feel that way? I mean, yeah. forget about New York Daily News. Who's reading New York Daily News? Who yeah, gives the? You got, you, got, you got a point, but I, I, you know, look, we can say we can say who's reading them, but they still have a lot of power, and they seem to uh, have influence on public opinion. Regrettably, even though even though, like you say, it, that is also equally correct. I can concede that these uh, traditional outlets for news are dying. I, I was. Um, I, I didn't talk about this. I was because I'm. You know, look, we have plenty of time. You know, as we, as you, as we are joked about, and rightfully uh-huh. so, we have we have a deluge of topics. And one topic I didn't even get a chance to talk about was the demise of the Village Voice. And again, yeah. I'm a conser- I'm a conservative, right? But I'm also very much a New Yorker, and especially having worked in Manhattan at some time, I always appreciate always appreciated. I like the Village Voice. I liked, I liked, you know, they were very much uh, about pop culture and music. They had fantastic articles. And look, they were such a, a, a hallmark of New York culture. Yep. And it's going back, going back to the mid-50s. It, I mean, you just, you know, it's just something you, you wouldn't expect to go away. And I don't think they were even able to make the transition digitally. And I'm wondering but what my topic was supposed to be. Maybe we, we will address it this weekend. But my topic was not only to talk about the demise of the Village Voice, but also the the rise of billionaires buying these these um, these periodicals and making them profitable and making them uh, go into the and allowing them to transition digitally. I'm like, where is the billionaire hookup for the Village Voice, especially Q? Where we're in this space where the the millennials are running things, the millennials generation Y and Z, that although uh, the Village Voice goes back to the 50s, the Village Voice has always been at the hallmark of youth culture, right, of avant-garde culture. This is the perfect – this, you would have to admit, how the Village Voice is known to get down. How do you you explain the Village Voice – receding into the ether at the when when i'm looking at stories of millennials opening up genderless uh clothing stores i kid you not like i mean really out the way clothing that prince would have a problem wearing right so i'm looking at i'm looking at this this this, this whole thing going on i'm like the the village voice could easily be rebranded Digitally, to address this whole new genderless whatever I may think it's not for me, but I do appreciate it. I do. I would be all into the Village Voice, and uh, unless I hear an announcement, it's just going away. These are these are the things that just boggle my mind. Yeah, that's. I I, I just say real quick, not to get off onto this, but you know when I before I moved out out here, I mean, even when I did move out, I lived up in the New York area for about ten years. I mean, the Village Voice, I mean, New York lost the plaza. Obviously, they lost the Twin Towers. They lost that F.A.O. Schwartz. CBGB. They lost Rainbow, Rainbow, Tower on the Green, Rainbow Room, Russian Tea Room. It's, uh, uh, CBGB's. I did a shoot there once. I felt like I was inside living history. And the Village Voice was just one of those things where, you know, you're down, you're downtown. You're in the uh, Bowery area. You're in the Greenwich Village. You're in, you know, Soho. And you always saw that village voice 
newspaper stand on the corner. It was just a tradition, and that that really hurt me, man. That really hurt me. I probably only read like three issues. I may have only picked up three issues, but it was just something there that was a part of New York. Well, look, the bottom line was another music venue that was that was famous, right? I think uh, Bruce Springsteen. I mean, many of the top acts were formed at the bottom line, and that went away like in the early aughts. And like right along with CBGB's, not CBGB's, but I'm not mistaken, is like some kind of clothing store that still uses like some of the uh, the motif, the motifs of the original CBGB. <laughs> and again, Afropunk is is thriving, and at, all of that is connected to, and then hip hop and Andy Warhol is connected historically to CBGB, and that's no longer around. So, I, I don't that, mean to be funny. I, I, and I, like I, said, I did a couple of shoots at CBGBs, and even though I felt like I was on living history, unless they scrub that place down with bleach, yeah, I'm not buying no clothes out of that joint. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, look, I saw a picture. This, it, look, you better believe uh, it's like some swanky situation. That whole area, okay, that's like the Bowery area, what have you. Low, um, right, uh, right. You know that that's you can't even afford that. The, uh, Alphabet City, yada yada. At one time. It was not the most desirable, desirable place. Just, just like the one thing we've mentioned this before, the one thing that that makes Daredevil awkward, <laughs> makes it awkward, is that you know when Daredevil at the at, well, you know the, the character's been around what since 1964, Bill Everett, uh, mm-hmm. but his locale is no longer like that whole. No man, you can't afford that area. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like it's, it's, it's they've never been able to make ne- they've never been able to make that that transition to like when they make these these, these down and out places when Daredevil was um, created or even going into the seventies or eighties. Uh, I mean, I, I don't I don't know. You know, that's the only thing I think is a little a little uh, weird. You know, Hell's Kitchen is is not you can't afford Hell's Kitchen. Well, that's it's called like Clinton Hell's now, as far as I remember. It's, they, they can't it's, more, it's more like Hell's Kitchen and Bath. I mean, stop it. I mean, you know, come on, man. Well, like I right. said, you know, up in, up in Harlem, where I got married, at Riverside Church. I love that church. They don't call it Harlem anymore. They call it Morningside Heights. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, aren't they See, trying to call it so, Soha? They're trying to push that now, Soha? Oh, I'm not from, I've heard that term, but I, I didn't know Soha. it was up in that area. Well, if they got if there's a Soho, there's a Soha. Soha. Oh, South of Redmond, Harlem, right? South of Harlem. Okay. Exactly. They're, they're trying. They're, well, look, they're trying to, uh, you know, gentrify that area, and the residents aren't digging that, and that's part of the game, is the rebranding. Once that starts to happen, it's a wrap. So, Soha, Soha. <laughs> I don't know. Folks, again, having a good time, just kicking it. Less than ten minutes. Um, let, let's let's have some uh, some nerd fun here a little bit. Lady Gaga, we know a phenomenal performer. I, I'm not. I can't even say anything against Lady Gaga. To be honest, I mean, look, she's a little wacky as far as like her appearance, but I I get that. You know, I'm, I'm look, we're consummate Prince fans, so I really can't hate on Gaga per se. Uh, and also, I saw her. This is where we are. I saw her do a phenomenal cover of uh, a Stevie Wonder song. It was a CBS special 
and she did um, one of Stevie Wonder's classics. And she was soulful, and I mean, she was excellent. You know, she's a p- pianist. She's that. She's that woman. She's she's got it. So she's got this thing where she's doing uh, a Star Is Born. Obviously, she's channeling Barbara Streisand, and I can't, I kind of even see her when you see her um, profile. You see, she kind of favors her. I mean, it's, it's, it look Hollywood is all about rebooting. She's the new Barbara Streisand. It is what it is. But her fans are so rabid, not that di- dissimilar from Beyonce's fans, that we're hearing now that they're literally trolling slash sabotaging the Venom film because they don't they want her film to be number one, and they're putting out fake, allegedly putting out fake reviews for Venom to dissuade people from seeing it. I said, that's just, that's just bad, bad play. Bad, it's just, un, it's just unfair. It's, it's, uh, it's not a good look. So I'm a, little, I'm a little pissed off at that, whereas I was not that into Venom per se. I'm definitely like all in now. Just because of something about that is just it's just it's it's not good. <laughs> I'm trying to find a ten dollar word, but I'm I'm kind of flabbergasted. What are your thoughts about that, Q? What's the deal with this? I don't like that. It's funny you mention that because I was just talking to someone before I called in, and uh, this person was saying they were going to go see Venom, and it, but they had seen a couple of reviews that said it was a very '90s oriented type of superhero movie which I can't really understand what that is. Uh, I saw on my uh, fandom app that it got tw- it's got sitting at a 28% on Rotten Tomatoes. So now you're suggesting that all of this is manufactured? That's that's uh, that's interesting. I, I don't well, – uh, sorry, Q. Uh, Cap, you have any thoughts? There's articles all over the place about this, 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 this situation. I see the movie Friday. I don't listen to any of that. Whether it's right or wrong, it doesn't – really matter to me. I already locked into the movie from like two weeks ago. So I find it hilarious, you know, because in the article they called them stands. They didn't say fans. <laughs> they dissed them. <laughs> and just stop laughing now that's how I was laughing. You know? This is what we this is where it is, man. This is what this is what it is. You're gonna have stands that do that, you know? If the Venom movie holds up, it holds up. We'll find out over the weekend. That's all. That's all part of the game now. It's not about doing things fair and legit. Guys lose all of that. No one does anything fair. You know? That's an illusion. Get it popping. It is what it is. If the movie's good, none of that matters. Let me read this from I'm The a... Guardian. This is from The Guardian, quickly, so we get full edification. It's entitled, mm-hmm. Lady Gaga Fans Credited with Negative Venom Buzz. Suspicions raised over a slew of derisive tweets about the new Tom Hardy movie that suggests audiences should instead see Gaga's A Star is Born. The embargo for Venom, a new Marvel movie starring Tom Hardy, lifted on Wednesday morning. And while the overwhelmingly negative critical reaction is unlikely to please distributors Sony, it seems likely to gladden the hearts of those Lady Gaga fans who have been identified Venom who have identified Venom as cheap competition to Gaga's new film, A Star is Born. On Tuesday, negative Twitter reactions to Venom, which have been charted by BuzzFeed, raised suspicions about their motivation on account of their similarly phrased critiques. 
So this is where that bot business comes in. Um, it says others combined attack others combined attacks on Venom with plugs for a Star is Born. One read, this is in quotes. Just got just got out of Venom preview. Thankfully, it was free. Worst two hours of my life. I will be taking my wife to see Lady Gaga's new movie, A Star Is Born, with Bradley Cooper on Friday. Their Come song on, "Shallow" was that. great. Listen, you know, Venom is critic proof, critique proof. So I don't know what they're playing at, as the British would say. <laughs> I'm not expecting much of that film, but I know that I don't think that's going to deter people from making it the the number one film of the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I, I look, you know, um, we've spoken about this so many times on the show, Q. I mean, my whole thing is, look, if it doesn't do well, it's not. If it doesn't do well, it's, it's going to do well because of many of the complaints that we we had. Because hey, where's Spider-Man? What is his motivation? I mean, you know, having a villain film, even this Joker film, that's a look. We can barely, we can barely have a Venom comic book. You know, I mean, let me rephrase that. Not a Venom comic book. Actually, Venom's not not that bad. A villain comic book, a villain centric comic book is difficult. You know, I think uh, the infamous Iron Man, which talks about um, Doctor Doom turning over, so you would think, turning over a different leaf, it's quite compelling. They canceled it, but I love that book because it was, it was he's trying to go straight, basically. And, and even then, it works because he's trying to be a hero. You see what I'm saying? But just being a straight-up villain, I would love to get a villain-themed book where they've been able, where they're able to crack the code of making the villain story compelling enough that it can exist separate from the hero on an occasion, or at least enough to have a consistent run. And I don't, I don't think they've been able to do that. You're, the closest you can get is to a anti-hero, okay? An anti-hero, anti-villain, okay? But a straight villain, that's hard, man. And now you're trying to – and even Venom, I mean, it's just – I don't know, man. The very the very premise is a difficult one. And that's what's at the heart of this. And uh, talking about Hollywood duplicity, she's going to go ahead with it anyway. They don't care. It's, it's an IP. We think we can make money. They're not listening to the creators. That you know what? This kind of sort of has to work. Amy kind of has to work on some level. All they think about is, is the bank books. That's it. All right, people, look, we got less than two minutes. Um, still more topics on the table we didn't get to chance to talk about. Uh, we didn't really even talk about the NBA banning Kanye West sneakers, Yeezys. We didn't talk about uh, Kevin Smith put in, put in his thoughts or put out his thoughts about who he thinks should replace Cavill and Affleck, although I still think to this day we're not sure if Cavill has truly left the film. I don't even know. I'm still I'm still talking about like hearing ideas. People that say that Man of Steel two, that they still got they still think that that could work with him coming back. I don't. This is weird. That's what makes DCEU so troublesome. Is it goes day to day, who's in, who's out, what's being made, what's not being made. It's a mess over there. It's a mess. 
Anyway, uh, I'll try to get some footage for our listeners and our viewers for the New York Comic Con that's coming up tomorrow and going into the weekend. I'll try my best. We'll see what's up. We'll be back on Sunday to discuss all of it. And that's that. Always a pleasure. Sunday, 6 p.m., New York Comic Con and all that jazz. Uh, let's go to Victoria Monet. When you say you love me. <laughs> I like this cut. We'll be back on Sunday, people. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Q. As always. Yeah. Oh,